This morning I'm reading from Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see all of you. And um, it's actually a privilege to stand up here um, because I get to see you all at one time. And, uh, and that's just encouraging. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where you come as a, as, a, as a community and you, and you sit together and you grow together and you're active and you, and you study God's word and you um, join, but, but you're always in bits and pieces. And then when you have an opportunity to be up front and you look out and you see each and every single one of you and, and together um, wanting to hear what God has to tell us and, and, and wanting to be together in this, in this body, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you. My prayer this morning is that, um, that God's word would ring true, um, that Steve's words would be muted. Uh, I pray that um, he will speak to us. So over the past several weeks, we've been talking a lot about um, psalms. We've been in psalms. It's a summertime thing. It's a, it's a good tradition for us um, because psalms is, is important. Um, but when we, when we talk about it, we, we, we bring up a lot of things. We, we hear a lot about um, fear and anxiety, um, doubt. Um, the good part of that is at the end of each one of those conversations, the hope is, is that we also hear love and hope and perseverance, uh, those things that we need. So as we, as we study through Psalms, just, just know that to be true. As I was thinking this week, and I was not trying to say, oh, well, here's my fear story, but they come about. You start realizing that God has walked you through some, through some things that uh, have been a struggle. And you're like, okay. I thought back to when I was a child. And um, let me back up a moment. A few months ago, I stood up front, and I talked to you guys, and I, and I shared a little about going through the EHS course. And I talked to you a little bit about having these boxes that I built my walls with, and they're starting to ooze out and get a little funky. And, uh, and I recognized that from that, I needed counseling. And so 
um, as John always encourages us to uh, speak with someone to, to get um, preferably faith-based help that uh, you can find and start to unpack those things. And I have. Um, I found that I had dealt with a lot of trauma as a child, and, uh, and it was the root cause of a lot of those kinds of things. Um, but I'm impressed. I was, you know, a star student. You know, I impressed my counselor with the fact that I, I have come well-adjusted through life, even in, in having those things happen. And I start to unpack, why is that? Why do those things happen? And I know that I had solid, loving Christian grandparents who cared for me uh, at every moment that they could, and, and that was um, a lock for me. I know that, I, that even when I felt worthless, that I could turn to a God who could continue to tell me that he loved me. Um, even in, in getting ready for this sermon, I started to think about some of those fears, and I, and I thought about a time where um, my dad doing something that he probably should not have been doing, I'm sure, and um, usually it was alcohol-related, because I think my dad was an um, unproclaimed alcoholic, but uh, definitely someone who loved me and later in life um, um, found, found healing from that. But uh, I remember as an eight-year-old child being in a car by myself in a parking lot in a strange part of town with a storm crying. And I remember this feeling of being left alone, this feeling of abandonment. But I also remember being mad. I'm mad enough that this eight-year-old kid in this part of town that I knew to be an unsafe place got out of the car and went to the direction that I last saw my dad go, and I found him, and I let him know that I was not happy. So as much as an eight-year-old could, and with as much oomph that I had in me at that moment, I think my dad heard me. Uh, but I do remember that those kinds of things, that kind of thing um, revealed itself later in life, because anxiety and doubt and fear. I had this constant fear of being left alone. And it wasn't so much a left alone like, like you know, I'm, I'm just by myself in a space, but it was abandonment. I always had this fear of like, they're gone forever. And I remember going through a grocery store or, or a department store and then I'm with someone, even Chris and I, earlier in our marriage, she'd go one way, I'm looking down and, and I looked and, I, and she's gone. And I'm like, she's left me. She's gone. I'm, I'm ruined. Um, fear is deep inside you. And, and it's one of those things that you, you just, it just, it doesn't make sense when it happens. But it's there. I know even getting ready for this, I, I started to have fear and doubt about my ability to stand up here and talk to you. Uh, people that I know, people that, you know, I have seen love me, people that we care for each other, people that we have cried together. But still, I stand up here and I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't read, I can't talk, I can't, you know, like, what am I going to do? And those are fears that just were rooted in my second grade self. When I was in the, back then, we had three levels of reading. We had the, those, you're, I'm glad you can talk, I'm not sure why you can't read. We had those who were the, you know, the, okay, they're progressing as a the majority, and then you had the advanced readers. 
And then I was always in the group over here where I could not read. I stumbled my words. I had difficulty. I had challenges. I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't speak out loud. I would, if we did a reading where you did this thing and you had to go and you read your sentence and then you read your sentence and you read your sentence, I was always counting and going to my sentence and practicing over and over and over and over my sentence. And then if, without doubt, something would happen where somebody didn't read and I'd get the sentence I didn't practice and it'd be a mess. But even then, seven-year-old Steve, just this week, said, you can't do this. You're not going to be able to do this. This is going to be too much. I'm like, why? Why do I keep listening to those lies and those doubts that just come up time and time and time again? Israel is like this. Israel is like this where they need to know God's truth. We look at Psalms because... We look at Psalms because Psalm was written for that very purpose. Psalms is a collection. It's more like a, we look at it and we think, oh, it's a songbook. It's a, it's a place where we can, we can get good songs and we can praise God and, and just, you know, share, you know, that, you know, we love you. We love you, Lord. Or, or when we're scared, you know, I will not be afraid. Or when we just don't know where to go next, you know, that we can get some comfort and some guidance. But it wasn't like David sat down and he started writing out this planned, you know, and then the next guy came along and he started writing down his plan. And the next, you know, what happened was, was that like, like David's a poet, David's a musician. David expressed his anxiety. He expressed his fear. He expressed his knowing that God was caring for him and seeing him through it. You know, as David's running through life and he's dealing with, with the fact that somebody's trying to kill him most of the time, um, you know, these things came about. And he would express that in poetry. He would express that in psalm. And then when, when, the, when the Hebrew nation was, was moved into exile, they were taken into Babylon, and then at that point they started piecing together all these works and then became... Psalms, the book of Psalms that we know today. It's actually made up of five books. So there's five books. So if you were looking, you're, if you have a, a, a Bible in front of you and you were to open that up and you were looking at Psalms, and you look at the first chapter, you see it say book one. There's five different books in, in Psalm. And they have different significance and meaning, and, and, and that's, I'll let John teach that one next time. But, but the nice thing about, or the interesting thing about them is the the first three books are more heavily um, psalms of lament. There's still psalms of praise in there as well, but it's more heavily psalms of lament. And the last two books are more heavily psalms of praise, even though there is still some lament in there. Um, but it's a progression. It's a progression where we see um, how to to bring everything that we have, that the failures that we feel, the struggles that we are incurring, and to bring that before God, and then to recognize that he is in control, and he is sovereign, and he's the one that's going to care for us, and then, and then give him praise for that worship. It actually ends in the five psalms of hallelujah, 
where, where we just sing praise back to God. But Psalm 16 is in the first book, and Psalm 16 is actually um, a guide for us. It's the Psalm of David. He wrote this, and, and it's, it's actually a path of faith that we can follow. So when you're not quite sure where to go or what to do, start there. Look at Psalm 16 and read through that, and you'll see David's progression, and that's what I'm going to share with you this morning. We're going to look at how um, on this path, we're going to look how three different areas, really the position of the believer, what, what, the, what the believer um, should mark their faith, the position of the believer. We're also going to look at the present blessings of the believer, and then we're also going to, we're going to look at the prospects of the believer, the things to come, the things to look forward to. Um, David was a prophet. He's a poet and a prophet. He, he received divine word from God, and he shares that with us. And what's amazing about that is, is that I think that came from when he was anointed. He was anointed to be the king, and I think in that anointing to be the king, um, he receives a gift of prophecy because the nice thing about the, or the interesting thing about Psalms as we move through this, we, we see not only this provision of God, but the provision of God and comes from the Messiah, the Messiah that's coming. So I seldom like to quote living pastors. Chris can attest to this. I think my fear is, is they're going to screw something up and then we're going to have doubt about, but I think what they say when they say it is probably accurate, but I, it does make me, it just, I say over quoting, it's usually the biggest problem, but but there's a, a guy that I came across who um, started looking at, I uh, went to a passion conference down in Atlanta, and, and it's designed for college students. Um, some cool way finagled myself in there so that I could uh, go as a leader. And, uh, but it's an excellent uh, time of worship and teaching. And, and one of those teachers is John Piper. And John Piper is, is this... Uh, this old guy who's just so gifted in the word. And I think because he seems like to be one of the most humble people you've ever met, ever. But I love to, to listen to him teach and, and, to, and to read his stuff, and, but it makes my head hurt. Um, but he summarizes um, this psalm, Psalm 16, uh, with a main point in one sentence. I'm going to read that for you. This is what John Piper says. He says, God will bring you body and soul through life and death to a full and everlasting pleasure if he is your safest refuge, your supreme treasure, your sovereign Lord, and your trusted counselor. That's it. He just taught it. Um, let's break that down from David. David says in Psalm 16, verse 1, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I kind of love how the NIV puts that one. The NIV says, Keep me safe, O God. Keep me 
safe. I mean, if there's not a cry out for things are coming unglued, I don't know what it is, but preserve me, oh God. This is a trust. A refugee comes to um, our country. Why? Why do they choose America? Why do they choose other countries that they go to? Usually they're fleeing something terrible to find refuge in somewhere safe. I have a, a, actually it's my chiropractor. My chiropractor was a refugee. Uh, he came with his family, he came as a child with his family to uh, the United States um, from Serbia-Croatian War. And we were talking, and the interesting thing was, was one day he's cracking my back apart, and then I'm, I'm having this conversation with him about New Bern, North Carolina, which is the town I grew up in as a child, and he goes, New Bern? He goes, that's where they put us. And I was like, okay. So he's telling me about New Bern and his New Bern. He goes, our experience with New Bern wasn't good. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well... The first week we were there, we're in a part of the town that's not that great. Probably the same part of the town that I was in that parking lot. Um, that was not that great. And there's a dead person behind our house. And he goes, what happened? He goes, we, we left war and we came to death. And I was like, yeah, that's not what you look for as a refugee. But David was looking for... Um, safety in God. He's being chased time and time again. David is being um, sought after by Saul, who did not want David to be king. And, and, uh, and when David finds a place of, of fear, he finds his trust in God. David says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. No good apart from God. As a believer, this is what we want. We want God because God is the good. We want God because he's going to see things um, and, and preserve us to those things uh, without even our ability to be able to see them. David continues, and he says, As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. That's community. That's why I was talking about this morning with you. That's why it's good for us to gather together and to be with one another, because we need to feel and know and trust other believers to help us when we have times of struggle, for us to be a part of that community. In 4, David says, The sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood will not, I will not pour out or take their names to my lips. Again, this is David's desire for God only. Their drink offerings of blood. A drink offering. A drink offering was usually a, a cup of wine at the sacrifice. So you go to the sacrifice and you want atonement for your sins and you would put your gift before the priests and then they would um, put the burnt offering on for you. And then the drink offering was a glass of wine that was then poured out uh, also. And the purpose of that drink offering when it got poured out was 
It was worship. How often do we find ourselves worshiping the things of this world? How often do we find ourselves pouring out the drink offering onto things that are worthless? That's our caution. Our caution is, like David is saying, is that desire only God, that your worship would be for him alone, that we wouldn't be caught up in uh, the things of this world to satisfy that need. Again, this is the positions of the believer, the marks of a believer. Verses 5 um, through 8, and they go on in, the, in verses 5 through 8. When we look at prophecy, I've always said this, so when we look at prophecy, and David's sharing a prophetic word here, when the prophet shares a word to, to those that need to hear it, usually that prophecy is an effect of something that's happening in the moment, a change that needs to occur a promise that needs to be heard. And then there's a near future relevance to that. And then a distant future relevance to the prophecy. And I, and I believe that in verses 5 through 8 here, that's what David is doing. So he's transitioning from, from this, is, this is what we need to do. This is where we need to be. These are things we need to trust as a believer. Um, and then moving into... These are the present blessings of the believer. These are the things that you will gain from doing uh, and being encouraged by God. Verse 5 says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The Lord is the one who provides. The Lord is the one who we wish to have the lot is the, if it's casted out, if it's, it's dice that are thrown, if it's uh, anything that, that is chance, let that turn to God. Let God be my lot. Verse 6 says, The lines have fallen for me in present places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. So when David's looking at this and he's, and he's considering the the places that, he's, that, he, that he is, he knows the struggles and the challenges that he's had in life. Um, but even in those places, even where God has laid out the lines of his life, uh, he will trust and know that God is there for him because he knows that he has a beautiful inheritance to come. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. We need counsel and correction in our lives. That's why when we go back to considering the fact of being in community is so important. We need to hear from other believers so that if we're, if we're moving our lives into a direction that is unhealthy for us, it's spiritually destructive for us, that somebody can say, are you sure that's the direction you need to go? I need to hear from people that can speak into that. Scripture speaks into that. We need to read the Word because reading the Word is what's going to allow us to see and understand. This is how we listen to God. 
I love the line where it says, in the night also my heart instructs me. How many times have any of you ever woken up in the middle of the night with somebody's name on your mind? For me, it's time and time again. And the very first thing I have, I have done in my life to, um, I figure, God, you're telling me this for some reason. The very first thing I do is pray. I pray for that name that's on my mind when I wake up in the middle of the night. Because for some reason, I know that there has to be a purpose for that. There has to be a reason why it's coming to my mind. I trust it wholeheartedly. Um, even just recently, I, I woke up and I, I, I had this dream where I was, it was like I was speaking with my aunt, my, my dad's sister. I was speaking with my aunt and it was so tender and comforting. And she was saying, it'll be okay. And I woke up and I'm like, I haven't thought of this aunt in years. And I went and for, I, for some reason I just went and I had to Google it and I just learned that she had recently passed. And I was able to reach out. I don't do social media. That's my problem. That's why I disconnect with family sometimes. I, I, I don't social the media. So, but anyhow, so I, I, I find them, I get back into it. Oh, it was horrible. So I get back into it. I find my cousins. I reach out to them. And it gave me an opportunity to, to speak with and to love them and, and to, uh, to be a part of their lives. But listen to those, those voices in the night. Sometimes trust that God is giving you uh, a direction. I have set, David continues in verse 8, he says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be shaken. This is security. This is security. God is there with you. The place on your right hand is a place of honor. It's a place of power and authority. We'll read here shortly and, and see an example of that. But when God went into when Jesus went into heaven, when he was raised into heaven, he is placed at the right hand of God. A place of power and authority. And we can trust that because Jesus is the right hand of God, that as his believers, uh, we need not fear. We need not doubt. We need not second-guess ourselves. Um, we can trust that God is moving in and we can trust him. The end of this uh, psalm, when we look at verses 9 through 11, it moves more into... Um, looking at the prospects of the believer. So the promises to come, the things that God has promised us. And we're going to look at secure life or an eternal soul, a fullness of joy, because this word rings true. Verse 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. What's the difference between secure and security? Security is a, is a power and authority. Secure is an everlasting promise. I am secure with God. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. Our souls are eternal. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. 
Peter knew, Peter knew that this scripture and its truth, and that's why he uses it in Acts 2 when he's speaking with the new church. He says, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, man who accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of the wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he was at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Peter goes on and says, Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath, and he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God had raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. This is good news. This is good news that no matter the struggles that you contend with in life, the pains that you have felt in life, that we have a promise. We have a promise that God is there with us, that he will see us through those struggles and pains, that when it becomes more than what we feel we can bear, we just need to give it back to him again. That as a faithful believer in Christ, that uh, we will be with him again one day, and that God has raised him up as all authority and power over all this pain that we have felt in our lives. So I just pray that the question that we have at the end of this is, is, do you feel the hope? Do you feel the hope that Jesus provides? So I would encourage you that if you have listened to this today, and thank you, by the way, but if you have listened to this today and, and you still struggle with feeling uh, the hope and the security of what Jesus Christ has to offer, that you talk to someone. Whether it's me or, or John or Tom or Dan or Dave, uh, one of the people that are going to be with us in prayer today, if it's any of those folks, if someone, don't hold it all in. If you have questions and doubts and, and fears and concerns, let someone know. This is a community that's here for you because we love you. Pray with me. 
Father God, I thank you this morning that I've been able to share uh, your truth. Lord, I just pray that you help us to see that even in moments when um, we struggle, that we can turn back to Psalm and we can follow the, the path of David and, and, and know that you're there for us, that we can find our security and our comfort even through our pain. Lord, I just pray that you would hold us close to you, that you would lift us up, and help us to know that you are sovereign over our lives. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen.